0: Music to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. It is your host, Tracy, as always, bringing you new episodes every Monday at 9 a.m. on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, and then you can watch some clips on YouTube if you're a visual learner, which I am, and you can also check out the Instagram at 30 Flirty Surviving. You'll see some sneak peeks of which guests are joining me in the studio before their episodes air. Um... You'll catch some clips and previews of each show and some other fun stuff in between. You know, we may even have some announcements coming up. So you'll have to just stay tuned for that. And um, please, I've been saying it. I'm going to continue to say it. Any referrals for new guests, um, ideas for different topics or areas you want me to cover on the show, please send me a DM or an email. Um, my email is 30 podcast at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. So today we are going to be discussing the topic of dating. We have had um, a dating show recently, um, but this one's going to be a little bit different. This one's going to be a little juicier, I think. And I'm really, really excited about it. I have with me today Michelle Wax, who is a relationship and dating coach. She has been doing this for years now. And she has such a fun and interesting story. I think you guys are going to love learning about her. Um, One in particular was when she, like, traveled all 50 states, and it blew my mind. I want to live vicariously through her, but you guys know your girl is single, and I'm trying to be open-minded, so I'm going to have the expert tell me everything that my little brain needs to absorb without delaying this any further. Let me introduce to you Michelle Wax. Michelle, thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I feel like... You are Yoda today and I am the, I don't know, what is the, what, what is, is there a thing? I'm just the student. I, guess I don't know so. if there's another character. <laughs> I'm, it sounds I'm, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch the movie. I just know that Yoda teaches a lot, right? <laughs> or like the karate man, like. Yes. Huh. Yes. Mass
1: Nevermind. Grasshopper. I'm the grasshopper. Yes. The grasshopper. Yeah. My last name is Wax, so it kind of on, Wax on, Wax off. Yes. 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 yes, yes. Yeah. The go-to <laughs> reference. Perfect. Do people or do that to you all the time? They do, and I'm always like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're so original. I know, right? Also, mm-hmm. Michelle was so kind and brought me um, a little bottle of champagne, <laughs> and I could not wait. So, her, myself, and Hurley are all enjoying and sipping on it. If you hear me. So slurping i apologize but just know i'm having fun (laughs) michelle i always start each show with a couple basic questions just to get the you know the the normal intro stuff out of the way so if you'll play along with me i have a couple
1: starting cues for you first question is where were you born and raised I was born in Dover, Mass, which is like right near Wellesley, Natick, for those that don't know where it is. Have <laughs> no idea. But it's very small. I Are you, where are you living now? I live in Southie now, South Boston. How long have you been there for? Uh, just about two years, and I lived like Cambridge, Somerville for close to a decade, okay. so for a while. Oh, wow, a long time. Then. Yeah. Okay, she's a city girl now. She's yeah. a city girl. <laughs> what is your zodiac sign? I am a Leo sun, Aries moon, and Virgo rising.
0: Whoa. Okay. What are you? I'm an Aries, Sun, Cancer, Moon, Gemini rising. Mm. But you got a lot of fire
1: in your chart, girl. A lot girl. of fire. I know. I feel like the story of my life is like grounding and yeah. like simmering.
0: Yes. <laughs> a lot of trying fire. Trying as much as possible to mm-hmm. dilute all that fire. <laughs> what is your age? I'm 32. 32? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm about to be 32. What's it like? Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. Happy early birthday. Thank you. You know, it's great. Yeah? It keeps getting better and better, yeah. That's what I love to yeah. hear. Like a fine champagne, you know? Exactly. To be um, <laughs> topical. Your relationship status? I'm in a relationship currently. <laughs> Congratulations. How <laughs> long have you. you guys been together? Uh, just about two years now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he's the one? Is that a thing we say? I do.
1: Yeah, we can say it. Yeah. I do. I do.
0: I feel like some people don't like that uh, phrase, you know, the one. Mm -hmm. But so I was a little bit nervous as soon as it rolled out of my tongue, as the expert in this space that you are. If you were like, you know, we don't really use those things, but I'm glad that you're down for it. I appreciate that about you. And then my last little question is just sort of a fun question, but I felt like it was relevant to our discussion today. I'm curious. Your opinion, how soon do you think is too soon to go from one relationship to the next?
1: Ooh, this is a good one because I think it it really depends, which I know is not the ideal answer, but I would say too soon is probably like a day (laughs) minimum, but um, it depends because I feel like for some relationships... That are a few months long, right? You might not be as invested that you can, you know, progress from it quicker. But then sometimes people are – that are even in long-term relationships, like you probably should have ended it sooner than you did and it's kind of dragged out. So you might also be able to process it a little bit quicker than someone who – it came as like a shock or they didn't yeah. see it coming. So I think it's kind of where you're at Um When you, you know, when the relationship ends.
0: That's a really good answer, though. That makes a lot Mm -hmm. of sense. It's focusing less time on or less on the amount of time itself and more about being a little bit more self-reflective in, like, your feelings. Because it really doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you were together for five months, five years. It's how are you feeling coming out of that relationship. And that's really going to tell you when you'd be ready to get into something new.
1: For sure, like I know personally, one relationship I was in, I should have ended it like six months before yeah. I did. So I was kind of, you know, you we were, were one weaning foot out off for a long
0: time. <laughs> We've been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah,
1: that's very true. It's, but when you're the longer with somebody, it's
0: like the idea of losing them is is difficult. Mm-hmm. So even though you know you probably need to get out, it takes a while until you finally have the courage to do so. Right. But right. like you, it's it's done. Been over done been over mentally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love that. Thank you so, so much. For you guys at home, if you are wanting to learn more about Michelle, look into this a little bit more, you can find her on Instagram at Michelle Wax Dating. And you can also learn everything at uh, MichelleWax.com, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. And I love that you call yourself like the official sort of title is High Caliber Dating and Relationships Expert. And that's also the name of your podcast, too, because you also have a podcast, correct?
1: Yes, correct. It's not
0: we're not just talking any old dating here. We're talking about high caliber dating Mm -hmm. and finding a high quality match. So Mm -hmm not necessarily always going for the same pool of people really learning how to date for something that's going to be a little bit more meaningful and hopefully long term so you're not going from one relationship to the next right? exactly exactly is how would you describe your podcast
1: So it's mostly a solo podcast where I touch on topics that people have brought to my attention or have asked questions directly on. So it's very hands-on to like what you would experience if we work together, just like more of a glimpse into it. it. Um, So yeah, they're normally like 30-minute episodes, just kind of I have, you know, a topic and then just kind of speak to it. But there's anything from like where to meet people in person all the way to The one question that really I asked myself when I wanted to transform my dating life and like how it affected it and really shifted and improved it. So it's it's mindset, but it's also a lot of practical strategy that people can incorporate.
0: Need to put those i like <laughs> on repeat every single day I need to listen I cannot wait to, to dig into that but why don't we before I go into all of my questions that I have for you let's hear you because I'm sure people are like okay how does one become a relationship and dating coach? I would love to know a little bit about your story how, where you were how this got started and how all the pieces kind of came together and fell in between.
1: So for sure, for sure, hear it because <laughs> it's kind of an interesting journey, because most people assume that I have like, you know, studied psychology or something like that. When in reality, yeah. my I've been an entrepreneur for close to a decade, about nine years. And my first company was actually a cookie company here in Boston. And that's what I thought I wanted with my life. You know, I was like, OK, I'll go to college, then I'll get a job. And maybe when I was like 45, 50, I'll start my own company when i have more experience and money and whatever. And you know, I was able to instead start that company on the side of my full time job and really grow it from there to be successful, quite frankly, and like looking in, you'd be like, "Oh wow, like she's doing well like this is this is the dream right and um, I had reached this point where like I did enjoy what I was doing, but you know, it was about four years in, and I was like, "You know, I'm not feeling as happy and fulfilled as I thought I would be." And I was feeling antsy in the business. I was feeling antsy in my relationship at the time, and I couldn't place it. I'm like, where is this feeling coming from where I'm, like, feeling very stuck and unfulfilled? And it didn't make sense because I think so often we're like, work hard, get what you want, and then you'll be happy. And so I had this wild idea the day after 4th of July in 2018. I was sitting on my couch, and I was like, what if I travel to every single state in the USA – and I interviewed people from all walks of life really on how they creating fulfilling and happy lives and relationships with other people, but also with themselves as well. And so um, a lot of people didn't think I would actually do it, but I, I, over the course of the next six months from that July 5th date, was able to really put together a game plan to get out on the road. And so I left actually just about four years to the day from today. Um, And I went south first because it was winter in Boston. I was like, I need to get to the warm. Smart.
0: She's strategic.
1: (laughs) She is strategic. (laughs) And I went south and I, you know, stopped and interviewed people from all different areas, obviously, all different walks of life, all different ages, men, women, you know, whatever. And then I kind of zigzagged California, zigzagged back to Boston and flew to Hawaii and Alaska. And really the knowledge and the stories that I discovered and learned that people had shifted in their lives and incorporated, I distilled it down into what I now call the be the one method, which is what I guide people through, you know, in the coaching containers. But um, really it was so interesting to learn, like, Yes, people shifted things externally, but a lot of the shifts were also mindset and internal shifts as well. So that's why there's kind of this parallel um, that we work on together because, like, it does matter, of course, what you're doing. But if your mind – like, often our own mind will self-sabotage, right, like all day, every day. So it's important to get your mind on board as well. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. I – first, kudos to you. I mean, I do – that is – an enormous dream that I think most would come up with and then be like, oh, no, that's not really practical. It's not realistic. For you to think it up, put it into action, and actually accomplish it, I mean, that's going to be something that you, like, you can't be able to do that at every stage in your life. So you saw the opportunity, you seized it, and now you'll always be able to look back on that fondly. And also, where would you have been without it? Like, what would you be doing now, right? You really sort of just stumbled into this. And... You really were just driven by your thirst for knowledge. You wanted to learn more. You wanted to see other people's perspectives. You ended up not staying in that relationship that you were in at the time, right? And Mm -hmm. do you think that some of the either stories or advice, feedback that you heard from people on the road got into your head, so to speak, as to like maybe that gut feeling that I was having about whether or not this is the right relationship for me?
1: Is probably right. So I actually broke up with them prior to going on the prior trip. To yeah. To going. So it was okay. about it was about like 6 months prior to even having the idea um for it and then I personally started getting into like okay, why is my brain like doing this? Yeah. Right? Cuz everything like seems like good, right? It seems like how it should be. Um so I started personally getting into that work and I think being single when I took that trip, it allowed a lot of opportunity for – not that I couldn't have done it in a relationship, of course, but I didn't – like you were saying, I didn't really have much holding me, like, to this area. Like, it's mm-hmm. so, not like I had family or kids or, like, anything like that where um, I could kind of just go and do it. And I remember talking to my dad about it, and he was like, you know what? If Like, now is the time. This is the prime time. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it now, so –
0: Way to go, dad. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I love
0: that. So you get back here mm-hmm. and you start your own business based on this mindset of of be the one. And I think that's so interesting. It's so unique, but also playful. It's, you know, the one, right? We were talking about that at the beginning of the show. So it's like it, it makes a lot of sense. How did you sort of perfect that and really make it into your own and and have it become a part of your daily practice with your, your clients and your teachings?
1: Yeah. So what I found when I was talking with people, because I was normally having like 60-minute or so interviews for each of these people. So obviously they're sharing so many stories and thoughts and all of that. But really there were certain themes that ran through all those conversations. And so what I did is I kind of picked apart um, – as I was, you know, kind of compiling the interviews and things like that into, okay, what are the themes and what are the steps that these people took? And then I applied it to my own life to be like, okay, like, does this actually work? Granted, I'm just one person. I wanted to see how it worked for, you know, multiple different people of all different backgrounds. Um, But really the shifts were the, like, what internally is happening within you like how you're interpreting what's happening around you is a lot more important than what's actually happening Mm -hmm. and so i think this is really important in dating specifically because we can't control the other person we can't control if they like us or not what they're saying what they're not saying Right. right all these different things like you can really only control yourself and your response to it um and really also the energy that you show up to dating with and so i think often especially with dating like there's so much focus on the other person the other person the other person How can you make it a good experience for yourself? Because then in turn, it's going to attract the right type of person. Right,
0: right. right. And you mentioned too, it's not just about dating other people and our relationships with other people. It's about our relationship with ourselves. And you mentioned something that reminded me of like an old video that I had seen where, you know, this girl had been on a couple first dates and she said, I would sit there and I'd be – Trying to assess in my head, is this going well? Like, does he like me? Does, did I say the right thing? And it wasn't until I got home where I'd be like, wait a second, do I even like him? We're so hyper fixated on other people's opinions of us and especially a potential suitor, rather than doing that internal gut check and just saying, do I even want him to like me? You know what I mean? Like, Which I know sounds a little arrogant that's not what I'm trying to say but it's just like we can sometimes fall into these patterns of dating the wrong people because we just want to be liked versus if we focused a little bit of that attention on what we want and who we are and if we're happy with ourselves maybe you'd get through those you know kissing all those frogs a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. So do you Notice that people struggle more with their relationship to themselves or their relationships with potential partners?
1: I think it goes hand in hand. Like, we all have certain beliefs about ourselves or other people, or like certain things that hold us back in different ways. Of course, everyone has a different experience, but, um, I always like to start with yourself because you're going to be with yourself until the day the day you die, right? Like, God forbid something happens to the person you're with, right? Um, and I think often, too, if something does happen to the other person, right, often, like, if you were using – not using, I don't like that word, but, like, if you were leaning on them to really provide your happiness or whatever it is that you want to be feeling about yourself and then suddenly they're not there, right, like, you're kind of back to square one. And so as you build that up within yourself – we don't attract like simply what we want. We attract who we're being, right? There's like a – there's a really powerful like energy with that. And so that's why I like to focus on, okay, what it, what it is that you do want, right? Because we always want to focus on what we do want, not what we don't want. And then also how can we like release um, any type of limitations that – you think about dating in general, you think about what people are available, you think about yourself, whatever it may be, right, so that that person can come into your life because I really believe and I've seen that your person's always circling around you. It's just sometimes we have these blocks up that once released, like, they'll come into your life in weird ways. Like, I've seen it in very strange ways, um, which becomes exciting when, like, you start to work on that area.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but just while you were saying it, I'm just curious. It's coming to me on the spot, but... Do you think with that in mind, thinking about, you know, you kind of like you give what you get, it's very reciprocal in terms of energies and and people can pick up on that. Do you believe in the ideal of right person, wrong time? Or do you think that that's sort of this story we tell ourselves to make sense of it or to sort of cope with it? Um, Because I, I know a lot of people feel one extreme or the other when it comes to Mm. that.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is what's meant for you will never miss you. And so if it is the wrong time, I think there's certain things where, like, yes, there could be, like, a job opportunity or someone moves and then they do come back or you do circle back. Um, Also, I think often, like, the wrong time could be turned into the right time with the right type of person. I think it's very dependent. But I always believe that, like, what's meant for you will never miss you, so you don't even have to worry about that, right? Because I think often, too, if, like, certain people think, like, oh, my God, I'm not spending enough time on dating apps or I'm not spending enough time here. But if you start to believe, like, actually, I'm spending just the right amount of time, right? Like, that will become your reality. So I don't necessarily – I don't know. I'm kind of open to that. Yeah. I know it's not a direct answer, but No, yeah. but it,
0: it does, <laughs> it does make sense and I appreciate that opinion. So tell me a little bit about your programs and your services and what you offer, starting with like the most basic level and a general overview, and then the other ways
1: that you can kind of curate the process or expand it. For sure, for sure. So both both containers I have a more um like condensed version and then a more personalized version, one-on-one. But both of them go through that Be The One method. So whichever one that you go with, it's going to guide you through that. One of them, which is called the Be The One Accelerator, it's eight weeks. And you receive a video module each week, integration exercise to actually start embodying it, Because I found that it's one thing to, like, know what we should be doing or know what we could be doing, but actually to show up in the world as that person, completely another animal. Um, And then you also get, like, one-on-one voice and text memos or voice memo and text support from me. So what that does is it guides you through the method that I mentioned earlier where we first start on the internal. The first four weeks are the internal piece of, like, what do you actually want? Where are you currently at? Where do you want to go, right? What do you want to create in your life? And what's currently blocking you? And then we start to release that. And I'm a big fan of subconscious mind work because our subconscious mind is about 95% of our mind – our conscious mind is about 5%. Some scientists have shown it to be even less. And most people are using their conscious mind to, like, shift things. When in reality, we really want to get that subconscious working for us. And that's where, like, our habits lie, our beliefs lie, all these different things. So we do a lot of subconscious work those first f- four weeks. And that's really where the mindset shifts come come into play. And you start feeling different about dating. You start showing up different. And then the second four weeks, which I love as well, is, like, the psychology. Like, how do you actually charm someone? How do you, like, tap into, like, the primal <laughs> biological, like, needs and all that to really charm yeah. someone and really to stand out? And that's where we create, like, your unique uh, dating strategy for yourself because everyone's going to have a different one depending on your personality. Um, so we go through, th- you know, like, things like body language, mirroring, like, creating your pre-date ritual to really get you into the right state of mind and, um, and so that's kind of the, the core of it. And then with private one-on-one, what we do is we still tune into that method. But instead of you customizing it for yourself through those modules, I customize it for you. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we do an intense intake session. I ask you so many questions. Everyone's always like, I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm like, please do. <laughs> um, and then I go back and customize your game plan for the, the next couple months of working together. And then we meet um, – we have calls and stuff like that, along with the voice memo and tech support as well.
0: I am so intrigued. <laughs> are there and you so it's typically ideal scenario, it's like an eight week program, four weeks in the beginning, and you said then four weeks doing sort of the the actual work once we've learned and dug into that subconscious stuff are there are there folks that have elongated that initial four weeks before? going into the second half? Like if they're uncovering something that's just a little bit deeper, maybe needs some more time to to marinate or will most people do the full program all at once and then can kind of can do it again at a second time if they'd like?
1: Yeah. So the accelerator is eight weeks total, but you do have access to the content forever. So a lot of people like to go back through it. Um, but sometimes people at the end of the eight weeks, if you want to go deeper, that's when they'll start working one-on-one. Got it. Because that's where, like, it is really helpful because you can use the tools and the integrations for yourself. But then sometimes there's, like, we're so close to ourselves that it might be a little bit tricky to see certain things. Or, like, if something's not clicking, um, that's where one-on-one can be helpful as well. That's perfect. So that makes sense. They they more so graduate to the Mm one-on-one.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. (laughs) So now I'm curious when you have a a new client, majority speaking, when are they, let's say the one-on-one, because you're getting more of that individualized attention with them. But- when they come to you, what are their most common frustrations or the number one goal that they're hoping to achieve? Does there tend to be a lot of the same um, reasons that are driving them to come find you or are they all over the map?
1: Yeah. So I would say the main ones are general frustration about dating and they've been doing the same type of things that, like, everyone else in their life is doing, but they're not getting the result that they want. Um, and sometimes that has to do with, like, they just simply aren't going out on dates or they, they're they not sure how to go out on dates. Other times it's like they're going on plenty of dates, but it's not with the right type of person. And so really the common emotions that they're bringing to that initial, like, call is frustration is kind of just um, – like not knowing what to do next, almost it's like I've been doing this, I've been doing this, but it's not working, um, and also just feeling like fairly in a negative mindset, which like I'm like I'm very good at mindset work, like I've done a lot on it myself and just have studied it a lot, mm-hmm. and so um, like through. I think literally everyone that has gone through a program at this point has been, like, my mindset has drastically improved. And that then in turn, you know, it has a, a, a nice trickle effect out to all areas of life as well. Um, but, yeah, generally that frustration and just, like, I don't get what I'm doing wrong. Like, this is what I want, yeah. but what do I do now? Do you have more women or men that come to you with clients? I would say it's about a majority women. I would say it's about 75% women, 25% men. Um, But the interesting thing is that, like, because I do a lot of virtual events online, too, where people from all over the world can join, both men and women, along with my clients, is, like, people are saying the same things from both genders, which is interesting. Because it's, like, I think often if you're a man, you're thinking one thing of women and vice versa. And so it's it's great to see, like, especially when that Zoom chat is, like, popping off and yeah. people are typing, <laughs> like, what they're struggling with. And you see it, you know, from both, um, both sides that it's kind of good to see that you're not alone in it. You know, I think because it can be a very vulnerable area where people do feel alone. So yeah. Absolutely.
0: I'm curious, what are some of the areas that like are common ground that like you'll see them actually agree
1: on? You know what I mean? That you maybe were surprised yourself to see. Mm. So quality of people, like people, I have men saying like they can only attract women that are only want to hook up. And women are saying the same thing about men. Um, I would say the common thing as well as like not sure where to meet someone. Yeah. Not sure how to strike up a conversation if you find someone attractive. Um, Not prioritizing dating is a big one too where like they're using work as an excuse or using something else as an excuse in their life. When they say they want a relationship and say they want this but they're not actually prioritizing it as well.
0: That brings me to another question. I've I've talked about this a little bit on the show, but I think like that's, it's just such an easy crutch. Like, oh, works kind of crazy. I think we've all heard it. We've used it at one point or another. Why do you think that most people make up Whether it is work or maybe another excuse, is it usually because they are trying to let the person down easy or is it a self-sabotage thing that we're doing subconsciously and then we're not aware of?
1: So do you mean when like someone goes out on a date and then they they aren't like progressing. So they're yeah, saying Yeah, like it's the other busy.
0: person's like interested in still seeing you maybe or vice versa. And it's like, oh, you know, I just really don't have the time. Work's kind of crazy. It's like, if, if you wanted to make the time, you probably could, right? Mm-hmm. But we use that and we've heard it both, you know, from e- each way or the other. Do you think that it's like, like it's not really work is what I'm trying to say. People say yeah. use it when it's probably not really work. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's, more so to try to be polite or do you think that it's because we like something might be too good to be true and we get scared and we kind of want to run away like where are you
1: seeing it most Mm. I feel like for the person that's saying they're busy at work it's either just dating is not a priority like it's not their focus or you're not a priority like the person they're dating is Mm. not a priority um or they're not you know gung-ho to see them because like We prioritize what's important to us. So um, it could be the third option, what you mentioned, but I feel like more often than not, it's the first two. Okay. From what I've seen, yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. So for my next question, I thought it'd be fun to, if you're able to, obviously using, you know, not using their identities, We'll, we'll use, you know, either nicknames, we can keep it anonymous, but... Do you have maybe one or two stories that stick out to you from your experience in doing this that were either huge breakthroughs or, you know, like really great success stories that might be
1: interesting for people to hear at home? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So two – actually, three come to mind, but I'll start with two. Okay. So the it's interesting because sometimes people ask me like, oh, well, like when am I going to meet your, my person if I start working with you? I'm like, well, we can't control that, right? Yeah. But it is interesting. Sometimes it depends on the stage you're at, but – I've had clients where it's, like, they set the intention, they're going to meet someone, they start prioritizing this area of their life, and they meet their person within two or three weeks of working together, and then other people, when, like, more needs to be released, right, like, going back to that mindset and, like, really shifting, like, how they're approaching it, really where I see the success there, along with, like, dating and, you know, continuing on there, but if they're not meeting their person, like, right away... It's really how do you feel about dating? How do you feel about yourself? Like that's really the success because one of my clients, she's 36 and she's like, I've never felt good about being single until now. Like never. She's like, I always compared myself. I always thought I was doing something wrong. Like I always thought I was behind. And she's like, I feel great about being single. Like I'm having fun with dating and like that's I'm getting like chills because like that's really the success, right? Because you can't necessarily control when that person comes into your life. So you might as well be feeling good about it, you know, yeah. along the way. Um, so, yeah, there's like there's so many degrees of it. But I think she just released that guilt of being single and having that mindset
0: that there must be something wrong with her. Right. Or something that she's not doing. Or she's not lovable. Like we get into that mentality of like, you know, I must not be finding a partner because of me. Mm-hmm. And to be able to just enjoy being single and continuing to get to know yourself every day. That's awesome. But it took her 36 years to be in that mindset.
1: Yeah. And I think she was looking like a lot outside of herself for validation. And when you like get to, you get quiet and you get to the core of like who you are, like that outside stuff starts to fade away or the more negative outside stuff. Um, One of my other clients too, she's like, She's, like, I'm realizing that, like, what I put out or, like, the energy I show up with is what I'm going to get back. And that's something that I like to highlight as well is, like, in the same way that someone – like, everyone has someone in their life probably that, like, when you're around them, you just feel stressed, like, right away. Or they're, like, negative and they're complaining about something. It's, like, oh, my God, you get sucked into it. And then someone in your life is really, really funny or they make you feel good. And you're, like, you find yourself being funny around them or whatever, right? And so in the same way that happens with other people, like you have that ability too with your dates and like how you show up. And so that's why I really encourage people like get in the state of how you want to be or what you want to pull out of that other person like before you go into it. Mm -hmm. Even like when you're swiping on a dating app, like make sure you're in that state of mind. Um, But yeah, those are kind of like the top three that that come to mind.
0: (laughs) So talk to me. I mean, I've never heard of the idea about having a, pre-date ritual and now that you're talking about you know how you present yourself and stuff it, it makes sense but what like what is a pre-date ritual
1: and how does one yeah. go about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's something where because so often like we're rushing from work or we're like worked out and we showered and then we're like oh my god I need to get like across the city or like I need to drive here and go on the date And very often it can get like just become this kind of just draining, annoying thing that you like should be doing. It's not exciting. It's not like I'm excited to meet this person to get to know them. It's just like, okay, I need to, I know, I know I need to do this. Right. And so, um, For example, one of my clients, like she's super busy at work, right? She does so well, but she like literally always picked a bar like right around the corner from her office and then would like book it 10 minutes there like without even taking a break. So she was showing up stressed. She wasn't really like feeling, you know, good about what she's bringing to the table. And so really what it is is just taking even five, 10 minutes to really ground into what's my intention for this day? Like, what do I want to bring to this emotional wise? Like, how do I want to show up? How, what do I want to bring to the experience? What's my intention? And like, even if it's something really, really small, like I'm just going to focus on one thing I can't appreciate from this instead of focusing on all the things that could go wrong. Um, and, Maybe it's writing down, like, five things that, like, are amazing about you, right? Being, like, this is what I bring to the table. Definitely playing a good, like, pump-up song. Like, for me personally, I love the song Ego by Beyonce. <laughs> so I would, like, play that. Like, if I was in the city walking up to a bar or whatever, I'd, like, play that in my headphones. Or driving up, I'd, like, play it. Um, but having that go-to song that it kind of, like, triggers almost your mind into yes. that state for the date. But, yeah, ensuring that you're, like – How do I want to be feeling and, like, how can I intentionally get into that state ahead of time? And as you go through the date, having checkpoints where it's, like, it can be easy to get swept up into someone else's energy. Um, That's something I hear a lot with clients, too, is, like, they're swept up and then they're not really grounded in, like, what do I want? Like, kind of what you mentioned at the beginning. Um, And so having checkpoints where it's, like, whoa, I'm not starting – like, I'm starting to feel stressed or I'm starting to feel, like, anxious about if this person likes me how can I ground back into, like, what I want to be feeling? Maybe you, like, take a sip of water or your drink or, like, run to the restroom or whatever it may be. Um, and that really ensures that you walk away from that experience and you're feeling how you want to be feeling versus, like, getting swept up into it. That's a really good tip. I never thought about that. But, yeah. Um, also,
0: too, I'm curious, like, what should, be the, what should be the time frame of a first date? Because I do mm. feel like there are times where – it's like 3 hours because you just no one knows when to leave in and- I think it's a lack of that sort of checking in with yourself, but should it be an hour so that there's no pressure? Is it however long feels right? What's your go-to piece of advice when it comes to length of a first date? Oh, man.
1: I feel like I I personally have done it so many ways where it's like I've had the marathon dates where it's like the first date, you're six hours in. It's like, oh, my God. But then it's kind of you don't really know them, so it can kind of sway your emotional connection to them. Um, but I feel as though now, right, like implementing everything, that it's always good to, like, leave something, someone wanting more and to let them know that, like, you have stuff going on. You have stuff to do because yeah. everyone wants someone who's, like, in demand, right? It's just, like, human <laughs> psychology, right? Like, we want someone who's, like, has stuff going on. Like, yes, <laughs> of course. Um but, uh, yeah, one of my clients, she, she found herself, she would get swept into their energy, and it would be, like, a Saturday night, and then she'd have one drink, and then it'd be two, and then three, and then suddenly it's, like, she might be doing something she, like, didn't intend to do. Um, and so what she did is she started, like, going out on Sunday nights, and she made plans with her friend, like, after the date so that, like, she had to leave. Had to be somewhere she else. She couldn't – yeah, because especially if you're drinking, right, it can be yeah. easy to, like, you know, just get caught up in it. Um But I recommend – I feel like an hour, hour and a half is good, maybe one or two drinks um, if you're at like a bar. But yeah, keeping it I think under two hours for the first date is good and then you aren't investing too much time where it's like if that person wasn't feeling the same, you're not going to feel like, oh my god, I spent all this time with this person and what did it lead to? So I think you know some people – Some people might want to do less, but it's something you could play around with yourself and Mm -hmm. see what feels good. But I think, too, like committing to that –
0: smaller window is helpful if you are having those feelings which you were talking about where this is like an obligation it's like makes it that much harder to leave the house and to go when you are like Ugh, like I you know I committed to this so I have to be here I'm now not sure how I feel you know okay I'm not gonna be there any longer than 90 minutes it's gonna be worth it it can kind of be that one thing that helps get you through it if you're feeling a little anxious or feeling a little unsure prior to going because I think it's like that not knowing what you're going to walk into and what to expect that gives you that little bit of anxiety before you go on a date.
1: Yeah, I heard something. I forget what podcast it was on, but I heard something where it was like, if your mind associates a date with being like three hours long, it's more of that doom, like doomsday, like you're already anticipating, oh my God, like, you know, this is gonna be a draining experience. And especially too, if like you're more introverted or extroverted, it kind of depends too on that frame. But yeah, like priming your mind to be like, okay, this date is gonna be 90 minutes max. Yeah, (laughs) And then I know I'm gonna be departing. It makes it more manageable. I love it.
0: And I love that you also, brought up that one client too because I do think it's so important to at least take some sort of beat. It can be 10, 15 minutes, but to go from the office right to the date, it's like you're still in work mode. Mm -hmm. You had to get ready at 7 a.m. when you left the house for work. So you're not feeling... Your best, and you're kind of like your brain's still half in your like what your inbox has going on. You know, having that little bit of just a, a breather, a little bit of, of room in between is a really smart idea. And now you can use that 10 15 minutes to do your um, pre date ritual, which yes. I, I love. Yes. <laughs> I love. So, inquiring minds want to know, and I am inquiring minds, um, not to give away all your you know, expertise for free, but where do 30 year olds, 30s something year olds meet people these days? Mm. Like, what are we doing wrong? Do you think that it's, it should be on the apps? Are they meeting them organically? Where are they doing it? And where are the best places to try to meet somebody and run into somebody?
1: For sure. And yeah, it's funny because I hear this from both men and women. So they're out there, right? It's just Are like, it? okay. I was actually thinking, I was like, I feel like it would be such a good idea to have a restaurant or a bar that's like 30 plus. I don't know how good a business model that would be, but you know what I mean? But it would be at least like maybe one day a week, it would be like that. Yeah. Um I support that. Yeah. <laughs> I will attend. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> we'll get the business plan going. Um, but, yeah, so I feel like it's it's interesting because there's obviously people around us all day, every day. But um, often, like, if you're not comfortable stringing up a conversation in, in public just, like, at wherever you may be, we feel like we have to have, like, that segue or more. And more – a lot of people gravitate towards, like, a bar environment, right? Which, yeah. of course, you can meet your person there. but. If you want to be more intentional with it, what I recommend is what I call diversifying your dating portfolio, dating life in the same way you would diversify an investment portfolio, right? Like you would mix up your investments to make the most money, right, to like diversify that. And so I do fully support dating apps. I feel like they're a good way to create opportunity. Um, but, you know, if you're, you want to meet someone in person, like you also have to be creating opportunity there as well. So... Um, What I recommend is becoming aware of events or places you can go that are not only what you like to do but also, like, the type of people that have the same values as you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, like, when I was starting my cookie business, I would go to entrepreneur or, like, startup type of events and I would meet a lot of guys there because there were guys there but also, like, they were similar, like, values and similar interests there. So I would start looking around with, like, what – is what could you get involved in that you would enjoy going to regardless. Um, And also what I encourage people to do is like when you're going to an event or you're going to, you join an organization or whatever it may be, a lot of times people get disappointed if, like, the love of their life is not at that event or not at that whatever meeting, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I wasted my time. But you never know who those people there know. And I think that's the magical way to meet someone organically is to, like, let it be known. Like, meet people but let it be known. Like, hey, like, I'm dating. Like, I would love to meet someone organically. Like, do you, do you know of anyone? And, like, being fairly direct about it, like, in a playful, lighthearted way, of course, mm-hmm. Um, And as well as, like, becoming a local at some place near where you live, because I've seen this time and time again, like, whether it be a bar or it could be a coffee shop or just, like, somewhere that you go, maybe even your gym, right? Like, you start to talk to the people that work there. They know people that come in there. And really it becomes, like, a very organic, natural way to meet people that, like, maybe they're not there that day, but, like, the more you get to know people, you're going to meet someone organically. Um, But, yeah, just thinking about, like – alumni events for like, you know, like I personally I went to UConn, but I know there's a lot of Boston alumni events that I've gone to a few. There's like, for me personally, there's like a lot of men there. Um, thinking about what you would enjoy, but also where like the other gender or whoever you're interested in dating like would go as well. Yeah.
0: Those are good ideas. and And it makes sense too, because I'm not saying... This is just my personal experience, but, like, I don't go out quite as often as I used to, and so when I do, it's either, like, I'm likely trying to, like, catch up with my girlfriends, you know, like, I mm-hmm. ha- or there's an occasion, right? There's some—there's a reason that's really pulled me out, and it's not always easy to try to mingle in those situations because you don't get to see your friends as often anymore because, you know, life happens, and we can't get together— Every week, like we'd wish. Um, so when you're there, you're really invested and committed in the company that you made this plan with and showed up with. And it's likely that you know other eligible men that are there are either doing the same, they're you know with their friends, or they're going there every weekend, which probably like wouldn't fit with my lifestyle because that's just not what I do. So it makes it difficult to meet in that setting like I always have the highest hopes I'm like I'm going out tonight I'm finally gonna find somebody there's gonna be somebody there but it doesn't always work out that way so Mm -hmm. it's just trying to come up with something different I never would have thought of an alumni event and things of that nature and I think it's just breaking like the 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 molds a little bit or like changing yeah. our, our mindset like you just we go to the same buckets that we lean on the same things all the time and it's like isn't that the de- definition of insanity like you are like yeah. doing the same thing over and over yeah. again hoping for it to change and it's not gonna change
1: yeah <laughs> and I I do wanna add to like I feel like there cause there are people around us all day every day but like be like cause <laughs> it's so interesting cause everyone wants like a good meeting story right, right. of how they met their person but like are you actually creating opportunity to get into that story, right? And I think it's a very vulnerable area, right? The first couple times that you say hello to someone or strike up a conversation or even like hold eye contact a little bit longer than like, is necessary, you're going to feel probably freaked out, like you're probably going to be sweating, you're probably going to be nervous. But the more and more you do that, right, it becomes normal, It becomes like who you show up and like how you operate in life. And I always like to like remind people that like on the other side of that awkward 30 seconds, maybe max of like saying hello, smiling, like doing something a little bit different than you normally would, could be the love of your life you just don't know and I think often people can get very caught up in like oh my god what if they reject me or like the worst that's probably gonna happen is they're like no I have a girlfriend they're like no I have a boyfriend yeah probably someone's not gonna yell at you down the street right <laughs> and so and often I like to think about it too is like they're probably gonna be flattered too like you just made their day right yeah. that you like we're talking to them and whatever so um yeah I think it's just like getting to that other side of that, like, nervous moment or potentially awkward moment, it could be something awesome, but, like, we just don't know, like, until it's, like, beyond that 15 seconds or whatever, which seems like forever when you're in it. Yeah. Right. But to your point, you
0: know, if you don't go the extra mile to do that, the thought is, you know, I'm never going to see them again. But mm. you're, if, you're, if you're never going to see them again, you're, that's going to happen either way. So mm. even if it feels awkward, oh, well, you never see them again or it doesn't work out like you said. You, you don't have to worry about it. Just like you wouldn't if you didn't do the extra 30 seconds to to make the eye contact, right? Mm-hmm. So really there's nothing to lose. Yeah. And like I, you might yeah. as well.
1: I think, too, it's like um, – because, you know, th- there's kind of the stigma of like, oh, the guy should always approach the girl. But – Guys don't want to get rejected either, right? Exactly. And so giving giving like some type of like – either getting closer in proximity so there's less of a risk of like that conversation on both ends or like giving them sub, some type of a sign, right, one mm-hmm. way or another, whatever it may be. And then you can probably gauge like if someone keeps looking back at you or if they continue the conversation, right, after you yeah. like – maybe you're in line for coffee and you're like, oh, have you gotten the blueberry scone before whatever – if they just say like no I haven't and look at their phone like okay we're probably good with this person, right? Yeah. But if they continue it, right? Like you can kind of gauge the vibe. Um so yeah, it can it can be become more exciting to like just be in everyday life, like when you kind of have that approach um or to start, you know, striking up conversations yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, too, we're talking about, you know, high caliber and and high quality and we're we're being in my 30s, most of the listeners being in their 30s. At this point in time, we're looking for long-term fits, hopefully, right? Not just Mm -hmm. short-term relationships. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, where do you think that most women and men you know all of us are perhaps going wrong like when we get to the date you know are we asking the wrong questions and not vetting our you know dates as thoroughly as maybe we should how can we do a better job at assessing for that long-term compatibility from the get-go so that we're seeing more success and you know spending our time
1: on the right people Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it it's simply hard to tell what someone because I get this a lot, too, when people are like on a dating app, they're like, how can I tell someone's intention? Well, if you met someone in person, you probably wouldn't know their intention right away. Yeah. So it might take a couple dates to uncover that. Um, And I actually encourage people to not ask kind of the typical questions on the first date, but instead to share stories, like ask them different questions than they're used to getting because it's going to create a different dating experience for them and you both. Um, That being said, though, if you realize like, oh, I do like this person after a few dates, right, being fairly upfront with like what you're looking for and, you know, with releasing the pressure of whatever that other person says. So this is something that I recommend to clients is prepare yourself mentally and actually journal on like their possible responses. So um, for example, one of my clients was dating someone and she wasn't sure if he wanted kids or not. And she, she was like, I don't think I want kids, but I just want to make sure like what he is looking for. And I was like, okay, what are his potential responses? He could say like, absolutely not. I hate kids. Like I would never want kids. You could be like, I want kids tomorrow or you yeah. could be somewhere in between. Right. And so just like getting ahead of mentally, whatever you are going to bring up or whatever you are going to share um, can be really helpful because then it doesn't come as as much of a shock. You're like, okay, my mind is already kind of prepared for this. Mm-hmm. It might not be the answer I want to hear, but at least I know now. Um, and I can make my decision from there, whether I want to continue or, you know, yeah, yeah, let them go. Okay.
0: That's fair. So taking that pressure off and not making it necessarily such an interrogation at the very beginning. But then once you have a better sense of how you're feeling, feel free to ask the pointed questions because you're dating to find your person just as much as they are. So kind of again, going back to that like, do I even like them type of thing? You know, if you're gonna continue investing your time and seeing this person. You need to know: Are we on the same page about these things? Are we not? Mm-hmm. Is this a is this an ongoing conversation? Is it a line drawn in the sand? Um, but you'll kind of you think bearing on their, that gut instinct on, like, when the timing feels right to be able to ask?
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, generally by four or five dates, you kind of know what direction you're going in. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's probably ended by then if it's not going somewhere. Um, but, uh, <laughs> probably. You, know, you know, you never know. But um, I think always being direct in a lighthearted way is always better than, like, if you're feeling unsure or you're feeling... self-conscious is the wrong word but you're like "Mm, there's something here I want to clarify being direct and up front in a light playful way like I feel like especially for people that are like confident human beings or they are the high caliber type where they're like they have a lot going on for them they appreciate people that are direct and that are up front right and so bringing that up like a really simple way to do this is just be like hey I really enjoyed spending time together like where are you at? And then just letting them talk. And like, there might be an awkward pause, right? But like, allowing yourself to just sit in it and just like, look at them. And like, you can even have some like, playfulness with it, right? It's better than wasting, wasting is the wrong word, but like, spending your time with someone Mm -hmm. where it's like, seven months in, you figure out, you find out, oh, they actually never wanted kids or like, oh, they never want a relationship with me or whatever it may be, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: No, I agree completely. So as a second layer to this question, you know, you mentioned the example of children. I'm curious if you, from your experience, feel as though there are either certain categories or um opinions that are essential to long-term compatibility like having, you know, agreements on or if you think that we as a society kind of put more weight into those things. Like, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, the first that come to mind are like the typical like your polit- your political views, your religion, you know, children, do you want to get married? We put a lot of weight into we have to be both Democrats or we have to be both Republicans. And, you know, well, I want to be, you know, I want to raise my kids Jewish, I'm Catholic, whatever. Do you think that those are the, the pillars that we should be
1: assessing? Or do you think that we should be looking in other areas instead? Mm. I think the number one area is how that person makes you feel, which sounds like so simple and so basic, but I think often we're trying to assess people on like their job, like what political beliefs they have when at the end of the day, like if that person makes you feel appreciative and supported and like loved and all these different things, those things kind of fade away and they can be your own things, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree on everything if you're in a relationship. I think it's kind of strange if you do. Um, But that being said, there are core things that are That aren't going to change, right? If your partner doesn't want kids, you do want kids. This is not compatible, right? Right, right. Um, And, you know, certain things that could change, like someone's job or where, you know, you're living, just getting really, really clear on what's important to you and are you okay with that other person, like, having a different opinion Mm -hmm. for it. Um, there's just so many examples of like people having polar opposite, not for kids, obviously, cause you need to be hopefully on board with that, <laughs> but like certain things, like I feel like politics is the biggest one yeah. when, you know, in reality, like I'm thinking personally of my, my dad and like his girlfriend and like they're they're polar opposites, but they just like simply do their own thing when it comes to that. Right. And so I think being aware, like, but some people, if you're going to be talking about it all day, every day. Maybe that is important. Yes. Um, But yeah, I think it really comes down to like being aware of how you feel with that person but also how you feel when you're apart from them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels really, really great when you're together, but then when you're apart, everyone's anxious or like you're not communicative. Communication is big too there. Like when – I call it like a freak out moment. Like your first freak out when you're dating someone. Like maybe you get an argument or maybe like there's a miscommunication, Mm -hmm. right, and you have this – I personally, freak out moment, and I like to see how the other person responds because you get to know like a lot about who they are as a person, yeah. Um, by how you fight and also how you communicate as well, just day to day. So I feel like those are really the core things, and then, um, yeah, just seeing if those other things like really, really matter, yeah, or you can you- be independent.
0: Took it right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. Like, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this when people listen to it. But, like, I think, like, I, if we have difference in political views, that's not a deal breaker for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, If, like, I know who you are as a person and I know your heart and you vote one way and I vote the other. I think there's room to agree to disagree. What I care about more is like, how do you fight? Are you the type of person that needs to like scream and yell? Do you walk away? Because I think that that to me is more important because I know that like where I feel safe and secure is when somebody wants to like hear me out and talk it through with me without raising their voice, but without walking away. If you're a person that's like, I always need to cool off. That for me is a little like, don't leave me like hold on let's just make this go away and get rid of it right so like I want to know how somebody fights because to me that's gonna tell me a lot about how we would you know be in a relationship not right now on this one date but like down the road because that's where my mind is at you know thinking long term
1: I think too like odds are the person you're dating is probably gonna have a different communication style than you and that's okay yes In form of, like, text message even, like, down to, like, do they use mesh points? Do they not? Um, (laughs) But communication, yeah, like, for example, I am the same way with you where if I'm in a fight, I'm a lot of fire. I'm like, I need to fix this right away. Like, I want to take action right away. My boyfriend is the opposite. He needs space to process, and that scares the shit out of me, or it did. (laughs) Like, now I'm aware of it, but I think especially early on, if they're not communicating, like, hey, I'm not leaving. Like, I just need a bit of space. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to, like... Go in the other room for a second. Let's talk once I have time to process. Like, there's a bit of learning there, too. Right. Um, so, I think communicating, if there is a bit of difference in style, like what you're feeling when they do that. So, because sometimes people, they don't, they're not aware, right? If, it, especially if they have a different style, mm-hmm. um, can be really important. And it's kind of this learning journey. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I could not agree more. Um, okay. I think that that is. All of my specific questions, because I want you guys to go take the Accelerator course. I want you guys to go on the website, listen to the podcast. So that's that's all you're getting teased with today. However, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you one more general question. I am curious What would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who is feeling frustrated with dating or for somebody who's, you know, been single for a while? What is your go-to when you're like hoping to
1: kind of give them some words of
0: encouragement?
1: Mm. So one of my favorite exercises to do is to connect to the future version of myself that is already in the relationship I want to be in and then reverse engineer how I got there. So you could do this in two ways. Like I really like visualization. You could close your eyes, visualize yourself, right? Like what is she wearing? What is she feeling? What's her partner like, right? And like visualize it. Or you could – literally write a letter to yourself from, like, one year in the future looking back on today, being like, all right. (laughs) All right, Michelle. You know, like, I know you're feeling this way right now, but let me tell you what happens in the next year. Let me tell you what happens in the next three months. And then I feel like that's the most powerful way is because, like, you know yourself better than anyone, right? Or that, like, it's good to listen to advice and things like that, but, like, you know, like, when you look inside of yourself. So doing that, Exercise it can be very powerful because then you can start thinking like okay what did I need to shift here like what did I shift right yeah. what habits or what what did I prioritize more um, and start thinking about that because everyone will have like a different way they got there but it can be a powerful exercise to do
0: I love that you are a girl <laughs> after my own heart like the journaling you're kind of putting it out into it. the universe speaking into existence you're all about energy mm-hmm. we, me and you mean you. This is not the end. I I know it. Um, Okay, guys, that is going to be it. Like I said in the beginning, it's Michelle Wax Dating on Instagram, michellewax.com. And I can't wait
1: for you guys to go listen to her podcast. What's the name of the podcast again? Higher. High Caliber Relationship and Dating. Dating and Relationships. (laughs) Just search my name and it should pop up.
0: (laughs) Okay, I got to go because I have some um, podcast episodes to listen to. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye.